Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Comedy Road Podcast. I'm Jason Schuster. I'm Lena Green. And today we have an amazing comedian on here today, David Studebaker. He is the author of Lone Star Lance. You can catch him on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and he's even got a dry bar comedy special out. Everybody, let's welcome David Studebaker. What is up, brother? <laughs> You know what? That's more energy than I got in that pizza place from 80 people. You guys gave more. Oh, yeah, there was 80, 80 people? It, about, about 80. Uh, That's it was, good. Yeah. It, you know what? It was fun by the end. Context for the for the listeners yeah, yeah, and viewers. Yeah. Jason and I, do, we did a show in a, a, a pizza restaurant in a Best Western <laughs> motel. Uh, and it was it was an experience. It, it there was. was the way it was designed. Uh, half of the people on this side had their backs to us because <laughs> of the way the booth was, they could not turn around. It was like a pillared booth. It was a lot. Do you uh, do you need to see the comedian winger? You, well, you know, I'm you very like to, I'm very yeah. physical. I'm very physical on stage. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so we were trying different. We were trying different things. I gave yeah. the guy a head massage yeah. at one point. I just walked over <laughs> and just started massaging his head. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I I started doing chiropractic adjustments yeah, just to, yeah, was, just to, why not you know yeah, what I mean? I'm, you know and I'm not a chiropractor I can tell you just, the places that comedy takes you that's, it, that's it is, uh, yes. a, a pizza parlor <laughs> yes. uh, wow we have so much to get into oh, yes, we for have, sure we do we, so, we do so, so you grew up in San Francisco correct and yeah, that's where you started I, comedy I moved around a lot as a kid but I so I was born in Santa Rosa then moved to San Rafael Concord Santa Rosa, Rohnert Park, San Francisco. You, you know, financial tr struggles for, for my parents. We, they weren't in the Army or anything. No, it, no that would be funny, though. <laughs> we just did a tour of Bay Area Army bases. <laughs> so you've lived in just one place your whole life, sounds like. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but I started comedy in San Francisco. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it was... It, to me, it's the best place to start comedy in in America. Oh, really? I, from what I hear, Boston's also a really good one. Uh, but it just, it, you know, it's big enough that there's a lot of shows, a lot of opportunities. But it's small enough that it's, you know, not like L.A. where... Saturated. It's just so yeah. saturated. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and there's also... Less so now because they're pulling so much from the internet, but there's still that feeling of like, hey, you never know, the head of CAA could be in the audience tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas right. there, you know, you can just kind of let it fly. Yeah. And the audiences too, what I loved about the Bay Area is, yes, San Francisco, you know, is very specific in kind of the audiences you pull. But, you know, you drive an hour, hour and a half, two hours in any direction, and you can get completely different kinds of audiences. And so it... it Coming up, it gave me a lot of experience and a lot of oh. reps, mm. you know, just c learning how to connect with every possible. Co I mean, the audiences in San Francisco versus Oakland versus Sacramento yeah. versus Ukiah, like, you know, versus Gilroy. Are they conservative or liberal? It, well, it totally, it varies oh, completely. Oh, okay. So, you know, right. it, it, I'll, I'll stereotype it, but, you know, San Francisco, Oakland, pretty liberal. Uh, you know, Gilroy's more rural, so it's it's you know that's where they make all the garlic and and you know it's kind of near Salinas and all that. So I, you know, I remember when I went there, my wife uh, she wouldn't get very close to me later on that evening. Yeah, so. <laughs> and actually, you smell you you, you do <laughs> oh, no, wow. you do you drive through Gilroy, you can actually smell the garlic through your car like that. Wow. But and then you know and then Sacramento, very drunk. The audience is in Sacramento in a good way. <laughs> Sac Town. The okay. Sacramento punchline. I will tell you that comedy club. I love doing it. It's like I was caught like a hitter's ballpark because like every show except the the late show Friday, 
you're just, I mean, any bit you throw out there usually is going to do well. Late Show Friday gets a little uh, little rowdy. Yeah. Little People have been uh, drinking for a long time. They're a little yeah. tired. Uh, but but in general, though, it just the it, it, it's just a really nice kind of mix. So yeah, That's so nice. I started there. It's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we have we have a lot of comedian friends that that started out in San Francisco and have come over, and you know it, they've talked about how you know different the scene is over there compared to here, but also how it was amazing because it taught them so much. And gave them a little taste of what to expect before they came to LA. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Is it drastically different when you start out. Or- so here's the well. Th- one thing I'll say, um, and then I'll get to the LA part. One thing I'll say: it's also the San Francisco comedy scene is drastically different now than yeah. when I started because I started 15 years ago, and they and at that point in time, you had the club. You know, you had the punchline. You yeah. had Cobbs. You had the major comedy clubs. And you had a couple indie shows. Uh, there was an indie comedy club uh, run by the, the the San Francisco Comedy College that it went under a little bit later, but for a while it was really cool. But other than that, there were like no indie shows. Even the open mic scene, there were, you were, there were like oh, four open wow. mics. It was not, and now, you know, especially in the internet age, over the past few years, so many independent comedy producers have popped up to where yeah, there are indie shows that are basically operating as comedy clubs yeah. where they're doing like five shows a weekend and all over San Francisco, even Oakland, East Bay. So there's so much more opportunity for stage time mm-hmm. in San Francisco now yeah. than there was then. So even more so now, it uh, in a way it's almost too easy now in San Francisco because like <laughs> the contrast from there <laughs> to here is like, oh wow, that like it... But for for me, it was a big smack in the face coming from San Francisco to L.A. because I had, so I had done comedy seven or eight years in San Francisco before uh-huh. I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. And in, when you're in San Francisco, you know everyone's in comedy for the love of the game, yeah. especially at that point in time because you didn't quite have the the social media proliferation. It was mm-hmm. when I started. Mm-hmm. Like if you were doing comedy, it was because you loved doing stand-up mm-hmm. or you had some sort of mental illness that you really wanted to you know, get <laughs> It's always one of the other. Yeah, one of the other. <laughs> but it was very clear, you know. But uh, <laughs> but then I came, I came like the, I remember the first open mic I tried to go to, a buddy of mine, he was like, oh, yeah, you go to the open mic at the West Side Comedy Theater. And so I, and he's like, yeah, I get there maybe an hour, two hours early, whatever. So I'm, I get there, I'm standing in line, and, and the first 25 yeah. people get on. And I'm counting, and I'm like, I, I'm right on the line. I'm like, yeah, maybe. so I wait, and I wait that hour, and the, there were like six people in front of me who were all kind of buddies talking, and six people behind me all talking. And almost all of them were a year or less in. At least four to five of them were like, yeah, I... My agent just said, you know, I'm spending too much on improv classes, so I need to start doing open mics to kind of just continue to be performing. Oh, and, wow. and then there was a guy, was, there was a guy who was like two years <laughs> in, and he was like, like the sensei, like he was talking as though like he knew everything. About comedy. <laughs> I always yeah, yeah, know. Yeah, always. And, yeah, and so and then and I was just and and it was like the apathy towards comedy itself was like whoa, like and that's not to say. That's how all comedians in L.A. are. There's a million comedians in L.A. So you get all kinds. But it was like I had never I had never really experienced that. And when I would come to L.A. and perform when I lived in San Francisco, it was amazing because when you're an out of towner and you come to L.A., it's so so much easier to get spots, especially like 
I had been doing comedy a long time. Yeah. I knew people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so uh, when I came down here, I was like, oh, that'll be the same thing. You know, like I was getting up at, you know, the improv and I, all these like, you know, indie shows. And yeah, then yeah, as yeah. soon as I lived here, it was like I was, I had leprosy. It was like, they, like I couldn't get on anything. Isn't that, it's an what interesting that? dynamic. Well, I think it's because, uh, to be fair to the bookers, you know, they're so bombarded with people coming at yeah. them. And so they, I think there's an expectation that if you live in LA, you're going to be hitting them up like every 20 seconds trying to get on their shows. So as soon as you're a resident, it's like, okay, we'll get to you later. We'll kind of keep you at arm's length. And also it takes so much more kind of footwork to get in, which I was used to the Bay Area where I was in at all the clubs. I was kind of the equivalent there of like if you are in LA and you have a lot of TV credits mm -hmm. and you're, you know, yeah, you're yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a star in LA, yeah, then you yeah. can get up anywhere. So I was kind of used to that of like, and so it was, yeah, it was just, it was a shock to the system coming down and, and being like, hey, you know, the, can I get on I'm, that thing? I'm, I'm like, here oh, now. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll leave Hello. that on read yeah. uh, or, you know, or scene, not not reply on that That's message. That's crazy. That's a good tip, though, like for people who are trying to reach out to bookers. Maybe. I'm not saying to lie. Maybe say you're out of town. Like, maybe. It's tough. I mean, you could try that, but it is hard, hard because... You can maybe get by with that once, but you, once you start, people kind of know. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing that I didn't do is I didn't hang out enough initially. Like, and I it wasn't say I wasn't getting any spots, but yeah. I I didn't quite realize how much how social the LA scene was. The culture, yeah, and how much it was oh, like. Yeah. Okay, you want to get on at that show. You, you should come hang out at that show, like you know, once or twice That's before good, you. Mm -hmm. And I just you know. There was a lot going on personally, and you know I was doing stuff on the road a fair amount. So, and I was already you know with my now wife, and so it's it's hard when, and especially now that I have kids, uh, you know, it's like we have two kids. If I'm gone, for, you know, for a week or you know ten days, and yeah. I come home, I'm like, honey. I'm going to go uh, hang out at the comedy store till 1 a.m. to maybe <laughs> get a five-minute set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that, it's that's true. It's going to be a tough sell to, yeah. to my wife. Yeah. It is. And I just wanted to preface to our audience, when David's talking about going to a show and mm -hmm. getting on the show, that is part of the culture in comedy. The uh, job, too. The, the job. Uh, we can't really explain what you know why that happens, but uh, <laughs> it's a thing. And going on shows leads to—I mean, going to shows leads to getting on well, shows. I, I, the re I can tell you why it's a thing because it's a whole lot harder to turn someone down to their face <laughs> than, <laughs> in a text message. So, and you know, no one answers True phone calls that. anymore. Yeah, so yeah. It's you know, it, it you know, it just it, so yeah. that is so you know, but it. I still, I'm happy I moved to LA because even though, you know, it's been a mixed bag in terms of success, opportunities, mm -hmm. whatever, it is nice that there is that energy of, you know, there are, there are those possibilities. Yeah. And even though there aren't pe as many people who are down here kind of for the love of the game with stand-up, you know, everyone here, for the most part, is really committed about this being a, a career for them. And, and it's something that they're really serious about. Which, again, the San Francisco comedy scene now, you do have yeah. more of those people. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time that when I was there, 
it was a lot more, you know, they loved stand-up, but they also loved, you know, just hanging out, you know, <laughs> smoking I weed. I noticed you know. that, though. But that's yeah. a, that, the culture thing, especially out here, I've noticed the hanging out or, like, yeah. doing mics just to make your friends laugh. I'm like, that's yeah. your money. You're spending $5 here just to yes. joke around with your friends? What are we... And, and, and it's true, and I, I do say sometimes, because I'll get newer comics, you know, asking me for advice, and I'll tell them, honestly... Open mics, especially in L.A., can be counterproductive to your mm. development as a comedian. Wow. They can be. Not all, and not all mm -hmm, open mics mm -hmm. are the same. There's some open mics that are great, but I find that, and I, you know, I don't do, op I, I don't do open mics anymore, really, but if, oh, I, I, I found that, you know, if this mic is all comedians, so mm -hmm. you have an audience of all comedians, mm -hmm. and comedians in L.A., so they're doubly jaded because you know yep. you go to yeah, an open yeah. mic in yeah, like yeah. you know Topeka and there's still some novelty to those comedians <laughs> about stand up right. it's like there is no it's they, hilarious yeah, they, though the, yeah. the difference of like when you get the jaded in oh, your yeah. and it's like and the and the stuff that's going to work yeah. for that audience of, yeah. of jaded comics I would say 90 mm -hmm. to 99% of the time for a real audience of people is not going to work yeah right and so I you what you find and what I find is a lot of comedians coming up especially in that scene are the too cool for school comedians <laughs> where it's like you know yeah where it's, it's like true. you know and now I sound like I'm you know 80 but uh but you know back in but, my but, day yeah. David Studebaker yeah. yeah but it's like yeah. there's that and and it also it, I find creates a callousness towards real audiences and for me mm. like I there's two two reasons why every show even the pizza cookery yeah I go I you know I go a thousand percent and I and I give it everything I have and I try to give as great of a performance as I can so th there's two reasons number one you know a lot of times n people who aren't you know especially living in LA where they have nine friends who are comedians and they have to go to shows yeah. a lot of people that may be the only live comedy show they ever go to is at that pizza cookery. It's true. Yeah. And true. if I go up there and I'm like, I phone it in or I'm like, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, these people, you know, what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, if I do that and I don't put on a good show, they may never go to no. another show ever again. So I'm, all, I'm hurting the comedy community as a whole and I'm hurting, obviously, myself because I'm a part of that. So I'm always cognizant of like, this is an opportunity to like either kill or birth a comedy, a live comedy it's interesting. fan. Yeah. So, and, and, and also, you know, That's right. like a lot of these places, even when it's a free show, they're charging a lot for food, food and, and beverages. Drinks, yeah. And, and especially if there's a cover charge, like that, you know, that's important to me. So, but the other thing, the other reason why, you know, I always try to, I, I don't try to do the like, uh, that set was for me, kind of a thing, or like, ah, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, I like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I hate this audience, or, 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 or even like, you know, <laughs> I was the audience. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> oh, that guy got olives on his pizza. <laughs> Screw him. Well, and and honestly, I don't, I don't blame on like, I almost never blame an audience yeah, for being yeah. bad. What I usually will blame is the setting and the setup. Like I, for me. In my 15 years, if the if the setup is proper, if the sound is good, if people can see me, if every the, the, there's not you know be like during your set there was a guy like smashing pans in the pizza you know they're like you know, it, I was like sir could you please stop smashing those pans I appreciate it I'm trying to do some crowd work yeah. here yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. so it, like, I I know that I can at least get by like I can I can do enough to entertain these people and yeah. at least feel good so 
but but the other thing is I do I do a fair amount of crowd work, but I. I have always, ironically, I'm wearing my Mr. Rogers shirt. I was going to say, I love, I love Mr. That, Rogers. Love Thank that you. shirt. Love yeah, that sorry, shirt. I didn't mean to hit the mic. I love Mr. Rogers. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've always looked at my shows as, like, my family, when I was younger, we would all do, like, Sunday dinners. And sometimes we'd invite friends or, you know, other family members or whatever. And I look at my show as, like, I've invited this audience mm-hmm. to a, a Sunday dinner. That. And yeah. if I invite you, to, if like if I invite you guys to my Sunday dinner, yeah. I'm not gonna be like, am I, I, I don't really curse. Am I allowed to say how how yeah. how? You curse can say whatever you, you okay. want. This I'm is a very restricted okay. yeah, podcast. I never know. You know, I never know yeah. But I, you know, I wouldn't be like, look at this fucking guy's stupid face. You know what, I mean? like, what the hell is wrong with you? As he looks right yeah, at me. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you, like really, you wore that outfit today? Like, I, I'm, like why? Look would, at this schmegeggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so great that you're saying that because there are like I think people forget that the audience is there to have a good time. Yeah. And like I've had shows where people get super racist and I get it like racism gets you laughs yeah. okay there's a certain thing you can say it doesn't that, get well, me laughs e- but some people well, does, some people yeah. it's an easy and I'm like yeah. okay but then when you're starting to make the the audience uncomfortable and you're doubling down it's time to pull out you know and you yeah. see that and a people lot. don't care yeah. and I'm like yeah. people have DM'd me after shows like I don't know why that happened. It made me uncomfortable. Thank you for saying something. Yeah. And I'm like, are you just not caring about the audience? They're here. I to mean, there's s- a have- there's a profound level of narcissism yes, in our yes. industry. <laughs> and, yeah, and so you do profound. get that. But I, I like but, that. But <laughs> you're right. And, and, and also, like, you know, I mean, I respect comedians who are, mm-hmm. you know, who have opinions on things, who are willing to go out on a limb on stage. So I'm, I'm not hating on that. But f- personally, for me and how my what translates well for my comedy and who I am yeah. and just what I enjoy. I, I'm, that's the same thing of like, if I invite you again, you, I invite you to my a dinner and I know that you have a, a political view that's different than mine or, or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be the first one to come at you with that. Like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I really do want my shows to be a kind of a, a, a leaving this time and, and and kind of and even that's part of why on stage i'll often wear like retro shirts like i'll wear shirts oh, that are like you. like i wore Beatles shirts or like old vintage disneyland shirts yeah. or mr rogers because even visually like i want to take people and the and the comedy i do sometimes i'll talk about things happening right now but for the most part i try to do as many things to create a world that's kind of outside the here and now oh, so that okay. when they come to my show it's just like it's just a complete release, and and it can be people of all backgrounds, just being in the same yeah. room, enjoying each other, and so and then and you know and then with crowd work, the the most important thing that ever happened for me with crowd work, was a class I took, where I'll shout the guy out, uh, Joe Klosik. He's a he's a legendary yeah. San Francisco comedian. Joe Klosik. Uh, yeah, and he taught a riffing class and this is again this i was like a few months in so this was 14 15 years ago and mm-hmm. he told a story in that class because i was starting to do crowd work right away because mm-hmm. i just i loved the first time i ever saw stand-up i was 14 and it the comic which i can tell that story but the comic did a lot of crowd work and i was in the front row and i was like oh i didn't know that was a thing because <laughs> like back then you didn't have like youtube's yeah. you just saw like comedy central He's you just saw like me. you know specials <laughs> yeah, where yeah. it's like jerry seinfeld and big theater right. yeah. you didn't see like oh i'm like like this close to, and he's yeah. really making fun of me and, and i enjoyed <laughs> that so i was i was but but there was like a a feeling when i started where like i had to just immediately make fun of them and i didn't i didn't 
I, you know, that's just because that's what I had seen from yeah. that comic and then a couple of those. And, and when I started, I was a little, I was like 19, 18, 19. Yeah, I was yeah, angrier. Yeah. I was in a different space. But <laughs> he, yeah. Just an angry 18, 19 year old just heckling yeah. the hell out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like I felt like I had, like I felt you were supposed to be edgy. And I was told by like, Older comedians. Oh yeah, you got to be edgy. You got to be more angry. But what does that Which, mean? Edgy for you? Well, that's like, the thing. I look like them. a sad Culkin brother. Like no one wants to be yelled at by me. So you know, stop your yelling. Man. Is that you've been hiding that all this, this time? You're the other Culkin brother, <laughs> yeah, the long lost. The, I didn't get any of their money. Uh, but but he 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 told a story in the class when he was talking about how again the same thing. He was using that example of how. You know, you may do hundreds, thousands of shows, but this may be such a seminal moment for this audience mm -hmm. member. Mm -hmm. So, and he told a story of, of where an audience member, it was a guy's birthday, he sat front row and he was with his whole family and Joe just he was ripping the guy and, and kind of went harder on him than was like warranted yeah. and made up some line that was funny, but like it, it was just... A little too mean spirit. Oh, really? Okay. And okay. and like a few years later, that guy came to one of Joe's shows and afterwards said, "Hey, hey, Joe, like, do you remember me?" And Joe's like, "I don't remember." He's <laughs> like, "Oh, my birth at my birthday, you, you you did some joke, and now every year on my birthday, my family rips on me." And it was like not like a rip on like a fun way. It was like a really like Aww. something that I don't remember what it was, but something that Joe like actually genuinely yeah. felt really bad about. And like forever now, like it basically ruins this guy's birthday. Oh like my God, every, no. And so he was just saying, like, you, you know, we don't think because because for us, like, it, it, it in our minds, you know, stand up comedy is kind of like cage fighting in a way of like, yeah. you know, kill or be killed. We're in there. They, you know, they'll turn on us if we're bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we have kind of like a fighter's mentality. We, we do. Yeah. We do. Oh, you're not laughing at that. Yeah. Like, and so we have. Yeah. And so we we're the vulnerable ones <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. state. But we forget that, like, mm -hmm. that we have real power up there. Mm -hmm. And so when you have someone, you just, you can, that's something that can live with someone forever. Yeah, and yeah. so that's the other thing. And, like, again, I'll give you another example. I, I did a show. I do a lot of private events and things mm -hmm. like that. And there was a show I did for um, a, a recovery uh, community. Uh, drug drug rehab or drug recovery community yeah. and and there was a daughter of of one of the the folks in it and she was maybe 14 15 and and she stood up just right in the middle of my set like just in the middle of the audience just <laughs> totally not out of the blue and just started saying talking about how she loves to ride horses and 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 <laughs> stuff like that and it, and it was something where like and you know i it, almost any other comedian, because this wasn't like an easy setup for comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, not any other comedian, but a lot of comedians would use that because it was like a, you know, it was a, it was a easy, you know, f hanging slider right down the middle oh, of the plate that you could have right. just like, you could have run wild with it, oh. done really well, but not, you know, but in that moment again, hurt that kid and made the whole and just you know changed the Change vibe of the, the situation. Mm -hmm. And so, and thankfully, I had a story. I, have, I had a bit that revolved around horses, and and was very self-deprecating towards me. And yeah. so, it worked out fine. And then they they people came over and talked to her. But it's just there's those moments that come up where, or a woman. It's on my Instagram. A woman came up and and just came on stage, very drunk, took the mic out of my hand at the end of my. I it's like the end of an like an hour long set. Took the mic. <laughs> And, and you can see, like, how I handled it on there. But, it, again, it was 
one of those things where I I went soft on her. I could have gone harder. I went soft on her. I let her tell the joke. I did a, I did some material, but I didn't I didn't go too hard. And afterwards, someone had explained, you know, that she's going through a really tough time in her yeah. life, yada, yada, yada. Right. It doesn't excuse someone, does, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I was also excuse. harder on the bouncer who just watched it happen and didn't even move. Yeah. Uh, but it, <laughs> <laughs> so. They're only jobs, sir. Yeah, right. right. But you see that happen uh, more times than not, where somebody will come on the stage. Yeah. And as a, yeah. as a comic, you've got to be prepared for anything at yes. any time. And, I, and, and, and if you're listening out there or watching, don't go on the stage. I actually, well, I will invite audience members on stage unless like, you're I, invited. Yeah, 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 I will invite them because I. But but don't go on stage because it's yeah. a violation of a person's space. People forget we're human yes. beings too. So it's and it's like, dangerous. Like dangerous. It's, I don't know. I I I I knew that it was. And also, full disclosure, he had just walked away. Uh, long story. Well, James Creviston, the the our friend yep. who who booked the book, great the pizza guy. cooker, great guy. He's you know he's one of my dearest, dearest friends, great comic. Uh, he is, he used to, uh, he sometimes still trains in cage fighting, but he used to like cage fight. He's a veteran. Uh, he opens for me a lot and is my personal security a lot. So he was like posted nice. next to the stage the whole time. And then he had to go to the back from one of my for my sound cue. The long story, yeah. But it was just in that window that she came up right when he had moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I knew. I mean, you could defuse it. The, well, I, I could defuse it, and or James was there. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, it wasn't going to go too far before yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know there was. Things it's were nice when happen. when your opener is also. Uh, can you know you you got to be careful because you know he's going to beat you up yeah. good no, if you mess I, it up. Yeah. <laughs> we're just I now seeing it. people yeah. getting stuff thrown like that's a new a, yeah. a violation of space and for... i've been punched at shows you, wait, tell us about that okay so uh i'll i'll be nice i won't name the <laughs> cruise line that it happened on but it was at a kid friendly show oh, God. Um, God. I, I, I yeah so it was the I was the only comic. It was like you, I would do a show every night, mm -hmm. um, and like first night is kid friendly, second night adult only. And they often like, like a few different times the host would be like, "Who here wants to see some adults only comedy?" And the whole theater would roar. And they go, "Well, you came on the wrong night. This is the kids show." And then they would all boo. And they go, "And now David Studebaker." Oh, no. So that yeah, that was the intro. Uh, so I would I so I would have them play music, and I'd come out and I'd go into the the theater bottom, and I would kind of dance and high five people, kind of change the energy, come back on stage, and as I'm coming back. I'm walking towards the steps. I'm passing this table, and this guy's like, I'm going to punch you in the nuts. And I'm like, okay. No, you're not. Yeah. Uh, and I turn, and he haymakers me and catches me in the ass. Wow. And I'm like, and there's no security in this big theater. Like, I'm alone. Isn't and there I, cameras everywhere on the cruise? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe, but I'm not. It's an older ship. It's a very old ship. Uh, right. And, uh, and so I... And and also the the kid friendly show was like at ten thirty p.m. at night or, uh, oh, on a yeah, booze yeah, cruise. Yeah, like yeah. How, there were like four kids there, weird, yeah, but yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna ruin it for the four kids. So you got the spring break crew that came in. And... Oh yeah, yeah. This was, <laughs> I mean, I, I this is a very much like a it's a two night cruise where like they come just to get to, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I get on the stage and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna power through, but I but this guy is like he keeps like staring at me with this crazy look <laughs> in his eyes. And I'm like, so finally, I'm like, oh, yeah, the guy wanted to punch me in the nuts. And he stands up and he shouts, yeah, and I'll do it again. And he runs out of the theater. And I'm like, oh, well, 
okay, now I'm on a floating prison with this psychopath. Jeez, like, what do I yeah. do with that? Right. And there was a woman next to him. And I was like, who was sitting next to him at the time, I was like, did you, did you know that guy? Because some people do sit like with yeah, other people. Yeah. And she goes, no, oh, I've never seen him before in my life. Turns out later security said that's his wife. Uh, <laughs> so, nice cover up. Yeah. She's yeah. So, uh, he went that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. And she stayed and enjoyed the show. And uh, so, so yeah. And then like, and, and, and yeah, so that's one of many reasons why, you know, I've not done much cr uh, cruising anymore uh but mm. um uh, but yeah it, it so it can be dangerous and yeah, especially yeah. it's getting more and more dangerous which actually again is another reason why i'm thankful that i've over many years built a style of comedy that generally generally doesn't piss people doesn't off provoke, and, get, yeah. and doesn't provoke that sort of yeah, thing but also you know the way i the way i do my show i i try to be very big on stage and try to have kind of a dominant presence where, you know, and I go to the audience before they can go to me, not even in a mean way, just in a, like a, I see you kind of way. Even if I'm complimenting someone, right. it's like, I'm like locked in, I'm locked in and I'm in the room and I know, like, I know what's going on. Cause sometimes when, when that, when people heckle or they do stuff like that, it's often where the comedian isn't super in tune with what's going on. Maybe they're not having a great set and the and the audience member wrongfully thinks they're helping by <laughs> shouting something out or doing something and and sometime and also it just can put them back on their heels initially of like, you know, if I if I come up there and I, you know, and I'm I mean I'm like I'm not I'm not crazy tall, but I'm I'm six feet, six one. So on a stage, I tend to look bigger than yeah. I am and so it just kind of I find that that just initial mm -hmm. and I don't always go right into crowd work or doing that but you know even I'll do a bit and then I just I'll, I'll pull I'll use the intro for a bit to include someone so yeah, that yeah. Just so I find a, that works really yeah, well so it's, it yeah, yeah it's it, very clear that great, like yeah. work you know I'm seeing everything that's going on. Yeah. I'm here. We're a team. Let's, you know, let's. It's more like you're not talking at them, yes. but to them. To and it them. makes them yeah. feel. I've been to concerts where I've left because it felt like they weren't really even engaging. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, same type of thing. 100%. You know? And your comedy, yes, is really uh, warm. It's inviting, but it's big. Thank and uh, it was cool to watch. Do you think that. Um, preparation over time led you to doing cruises uh no actually and i only did cruises maybe for f like five or six months what led me to doing cruises is uh having two kids and uh, my oh, wife no being my. a stay-at-home mom and, <laughs> and me being in Girl. financial straits That's and crazy. needing some yeah. money um but you know and i always say with cruises it's interesting because there are comedians you're kind of either i've never met someone who's kind of you know, mixed on cruises. Usually people are very much like, they love it. It's yeah, like, yeah. they really, it works for them. Or comedians where it, it, it just, uh, and a lot of it's the life. And a lot yes. of it for me, why I've, you know, why I resisted it for so long and why it's just not, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, not that I wouldn't do them, I'm, I, but like, it's, it's, I prefer land. It's weird saying land gigs, but yeah, I prefer no, I prefer uh, land to sea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 because I, you know, from a from a standpoint of just also being like a parent. Sometimes, like a buddy of mine, I mean, he did a three month 
uh, run on Royal wow. Caribbean. Wow. And and it's not always that way. A lot of times it's a week or two weeks, but you know, it's an extra day of travel. Sometimes you don't have Wi-Fi. You're you're very disconnected. You're in other parts of the world. And I with two young kids yeah, and also I love yeah. my kids, and I love my wife, so I like to be home and I like <laughs> right, to be connected. Right. I'm one of some, the people yeah, who love. Some people are like, yeah, no, it's great. I wow, to, look at you! You you are you're a unicorn now. Yeah. These days. No, Not. <laughs> but you know, some people are like, oh yeah, it's, it's nice. I got no Wi-Fi, honey. Sorry, uh, but but no. So oh, it, that I didn't. I don't like that feeling of being so disconnected. And also, I'm not a like I don't drink i don't do drugs i'm not i'm not like a yeah. on stage i'm very like fun and it's a party but like off stage i am like i'm gonna go back and yeah. you know eat my crackers alone in my hotel room kind of a guy yeah, yeah, yeah. so i it also just the culture of it it's it just wasn't yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. quite again not saying i wouldn't do it again but um but yeah but it did you know it did work in a certain sense with with doing cruises but cruises are tough especially when you I have imagine, to do yeah separate long sets yeah. where you can't repeat any material. I heard that. So they don't let you repeat any material at all. It right? depends on the line. Carnival, they ask you, I didn't do, I haven't done Carnival, but Carnival, they ask you to do, you need to have three separate 30 minute sets. Wow. Uh, and then you can repeat two of them because usually you do five shows on a run. So, and then one oh, has yeah. to be kid friendly. One has to be dirty. And then one is like whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> wow. What is that, the preparation I, like I'm, for something I'm like sure that? I'm sure that gets Well, you, I mean, like, for me, I'm very, I'm very analytical with, with my, with my, with everything I do. And I'm, and I'm very organized. So for me, like I had an Excel spreadsheet where, cause the one I did, you had to have a kid friendly and an adult. Uh, thankfully they didn't make you be dirty for the adult one. It was just kind of whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah. But I had, so I had like an Excel spreadsheet where I had like every bit that I, that, you know, fit for each and kind of I'd mix and match. And then also <laughs> because I'm free flowing. So I'll have like a game plan for what I do, what, like I'll write out every bit I want to do in a set, but then often depending on the flow of the crowd yeah. and who I have and just kind of strains of thought and whatever's happening, I'll mix and match. So I would have to, and I kind of go into an altered state yeah. when I'm on stage. I move really fast. So yeah, yeah. I'll get off stage sometimes and I'm like, I don't even know what, what just happened. happened you know? <laughs> right. And so like, yeah. I'll, so like I would have to listen before the next night. I would have to listen back and, and write down everything I did the night before mm -hmm. so that because it would happen. And sometimes like if I wasn't sleeping well, because I did not sleep well on the cruises and they yeah. fly you out in a red eye and I don't sleep on planes. And so I was just, you know, so I like there, I'd be in the middle of a set and, and I had to, I had to write down, like I have a whole sheet of like for that second show of the stuff I could do because there were a couple times before I started really doing that where I'd go into a bit. And I'm like, I have no idea if I did this yesterday. <laughs> and you'll get like complaints from people. Like he repeated like a single bit. They'll, they'll, it's it, that hardcore. Yeah, wow. Oh yeah. yeah no. wow. And I also didn't know that like, that cause I was, I didn't, the comment cards are like, and, and online reviews are like, you're supposed to like politic for that. Like to make sure that, Hey, make sure you fill out. If you enjoyed the show, fill it out. Because if you don't politic for that, you tend to, or, and also they don't get, this one didn't give out cards. It was just like an email. And you know, if you liked something, you're less likely to like fill something out yeah, yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than if you hated, hated something. something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, those retirees are really brutal, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you know, it's funny. The crazy thing about that cruise, I, I got my first two nights doing it. I got a standing ovation at the end of the kids wow. show and the adults only show back to back. 
And I was like, I was like, wow, this cruise thing is is really nice. And then yeah. it started the the lack of sleep. I got like 14 hours my first like five nights or four nights on there, and like the life of it started wearing me down. And so by like by like day five, I was like I was like I'd been out at sea for like you know ten months, and I'm like you know a, a pirate. Just, I don't know how much I can do. It's just gonna yeah. get tough. There's now. David just jumping off the ship, yeah. swimming as fast yeah. as he can. No, I was it was and you know I only did like you know eight or nine night runs each time, but it, but it was yeah, it was it, there were times that were t- I kind of got figured it out but yeah i mean we we can get off the cruise yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't yeah. want to go too deep again this is the 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 we're talking about the road not the sea yeah so, yeah uh, i want to go on because, back to the road because yeah. you do have a family like is that are you i know cruises is one but how else are you making money and are you booking your own oh yeah shows? yeah so and that's the other reason why it's funny because because cruises are interesting to people but like i mean you it's know, not i've been yeah. doing comedy 15 years and that was like 24 shows total of a, a you yeah know, a yeah yeah so yeah i so my wife's a stay-at-home mom. I, I comedy is my only income. Um, I do so, which means, and I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not internationally famous. So it means I have to do like oh, the legwork. Yeah, yeah, and I have to say yes to everything, and I have to do, you know, any sort of like venue. I, you know, because I do a lot of corporate events, private parties virtual events i mean any if it pays right. uh, and i'm not having to like do porn <laughs> or something you know, yeah i got like i'll do it uh there's comedy porn baby no. true you know <laughs> listen i <laughs> uh, so i so yeah i i book everything myself yeah. um and i've i've you know i'm on some booking websites and and a lot of things are, are word of mouth and mm-hmm. you know there's certain you know there's clubs i do um, and, and then there's, and thankfully because I can work clean, it opens up a lot of avenues. Like if I couldn't, if I couldn't work clean, I could not support the family. It just Probably, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. basically, unless you're yeah. really famous, unless you're, he- or, or, or even if you're like, you know, you're a national headliner where you can headline even like B or C rooms mm-hmm. every week of the year, unless you're at that level as a comedian, you, you have to work clean. And that was another thing really early on in my career that, uh, that uh, you know, a, an older comedian told me where, you know, he said, like, he asked, do you want to do this as a career? And I said, yes. He's like, well, then you need to work clean. Yeah. Because true. you will, if, if you're in it for the, if you want to make money, you have to be able to do it. And I always recommend if comics ask me, it's not just about being clean. It's also about not being depressing because so many clean shows, yes, you can get by without being with, with just not being dirty. But if you're also super depressing, they often <laughs> won't ask you back. Cause like you can be really dark. You can be like, not What's say a curse word. Someone just gets on stage and like, I'm gonna well, kill myself. I, well, I mean, but I didn't I, say a cuss word. Yeah, I know, but yeah, but, but it's totally cool. Yeah, but like, you know, there can be thing, there can be material and jokes that are like, that yes, there, you didn't curse. It's not like sexual or whatever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, you can talk about killing a dog or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like that wasn't dirty. But right. Like, I'm not. I don't no, want. I don't want to yeah. That. And especially if it's like a clean show or like a corporate event or stuff like that. Like, they want to just like I like I know when I'm being hired for like a corporate event. I'm like I'm just the dancing 
you know, the dancing monkey. They want me to just, you know, yeah, dance yeah, around, yeah, yeah. make them laugh. Don't I, you know, I'm not there to make them think or to be really edgy yeah, or yeah, dark yeah, yeah. or whatever. That's the difference. And, so, and I'm yeah. glad that you said that. There's, yeah. there's yeah. a difference when you're trying to, you have this plan of, I want to work consistently. I want to make money. Yeah. I want to be around for a long time. And I think some people get into it. They're like, okay, let's see what I can do. And then there's burnout. Yeah. And that's real. People don't talk about the burnout. Well, the burnout, yes. And True. also, as a if if you're a younger comedian who's, you know, one of the ways people burn out, too, is they're not getting opportunities and, or they're not making enough money or they're struggling. And as a newer comedian, uh, the other reason why it's really important to be able to work clean is there are headliners, national headliners, who are filthy, mm -hmm. but they request that their openers be clean. So there's been, like, mm, especially, you know, yeah. like the punchline in San Francisco and Cobbs and, and all those, you know, I regularly will be the, a feature act for, you know, a week of shows there. And, 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 and also back when I, in my hosting days, there, same thing. There would be weeks where, because I was known as, like, one of the cleaner comics mm -hmm. in the area, there were weeks where I, they would say, hey, you know, if they asked for someone clean, you're the one. And then I'd look at the comedian that I'm with, I'm like, they want me to be clean. Like, <laughs> and then I realized I was like, oh, and the then balance. When, and yeah. as I got deeper into it, I realized like, and as I talked to them, you know, as I got deeper into my career or as I did those weeks, they want to be the first one to shock the audience. Yeah, with that. I get that. I get yeah. that. They don't, if, if you've just gone up there and, you know, <laughs> humped the stool and, you know, and, you know, just, you know, just done like really like, or been yeah, super yeah. offensive or whatever. There's less ground for them, to, you know. For, they then have to, you know, raise the level of shock even oh, more. That's, yeah. So even then, it's like you're you're increasing your odds there. Now, I say all this with the caveat of do whatever you want to do as a comedian. I am I am the most anti comedy dogma person. Do whatever you feel is right because your pathway, yeah, like this could be a pathway to you mm -hmm. getting more work and me you know, me supporting a family, but your pathway could be, Hey, you're super dirty and you know, you are, and you mind that to superstar. Maybe that, maybe, yeah, you don't make as much money going up. You have to have a day job or whatever, but you reach heights that mm -hmm. are really high. So, and even from a, from a like material generation standpoint. And I, I get it, it's one of my biggest pet peeves in comedy. When I hear comedy teachers or comedy coaches or just comedians in general say, this is how you, you have to mm -hmm. write jokes or this is how you have to be on stage. Right. So that's why I always say everything I'm, I say is this works for me. This, and this may be things that work to get these sorts of gigs, but like, I'll give you a great example. Like there were comedy books I read, especially when I was starting, I took some comedy classes yeah, yeah. where the teacher would say, "You, in order to write comedy, you have to, the, the way to do it is you think of something that really makes you angry and angsty <laughs> and really makes you uncomfortable and then write that and then that'll be the joke. Yep. Or they'll say, or, or they'll, or they'll say, you know. In terms of your performance, anger style. they 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 say connect with the emotion of anger. Yes, well, anger there's a lot of angst or what frustrates you, huh. or just, you know. And, and again, there are people who do that. Yeah, there's a lot of philosophy behind but, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. taking channeling that and then building comedy out of yes. the stuff that like <laughs> and, and eats that's at a you. that's a method. But I'll give you an example, and then I have another pet peeve I'll get to as well. So I'll give you an example for me and my style. 
when I write about something that really makes me mad or really pisses me off, yeah. that bit almost never, never. works. Yeah, yeah. Because who I am on stage, it's not consistent with who I am on stage. And I, you know, and I've had some struggles in my life. I've gone through a lot of stuff, but in terms of how I how I dress, how I look, your energy, I yeah. have my yeah. energy. I don't look or seem like someone who's been through some really rough stuff. Right. <laughs> so it's like for, to to an audience who doesn't know me, they're like, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, come on. We don't believe you know? yeah, yeah. And then also it's like hard. It's like, I can't like so much of my material is fun and all that. So if I go from like doing, you know, a, a goofy <laughs> bit about, you know, Celine Dion to like, let me tell you about the middle East. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's so jarring. And so, but, but also because of how, like I talked about my, you know, my, I view it as like my Sunday dinner is is my show mm -hmm. is I find that when I write material about things that I love that I find kind of inherently funny. I'll give an example. You know, I the reading rainbow is I one kind of a classic one of my older bits. I but love that was my that. favorite show as a kid. And I, you love know, that. and I love and I love the show. So, but it's one of my most popular bits because I love it, but I also can poke fun at it. Yeah. And so, and that's what I do. So, cause that's the same thing. Like I, I love you guys. I love my family. I can in a, in a Sunday dinner kind of way, poke fun at you guys. So again, when I was being told to write from angst and anger, it was, it, it just didn't work. It, it was, it was jarring as soon as I, I, and sometimes there's things that genuinely do annoy me that'll work. But again, it it's never the reaches, core of you. It, yeah, it never yeah. reaches the level yeah. of, of hate. A lot of times it's like something that it's just kind of absurd to me. And then <laughs> that's like, that's kind of the highest level I go is absurdity. Uh, but then also like in terms of joke writing, it, it, it frustrates me. There's so many comedy books out there yeah. where they teach the mathematical approach to stand up, to writing jokes. Yep. And that was something again, where like when I took comedy classes early on, I was like, this just, I don't, I'm not a math person and I write out of feel and they, Emotion. and they teach mm -hmm. that, okay, you can sit down, you can take this, you know, this, you know, first story, second story premise, this, this diagram. Yeah. You put words into these diagrams, you do a misdirection, and people will laugh. And again, yes, there and there are people who, that many works, people who yeah, their yeah. brain works that way, and they can sit down and go, hey, I'm going to write a hundred jokes about cheese whiz today, or, you know, and, <laughs> right. and, you, and you can use that. But there was nothing in those books that I found, or at least the ones that I read, and nothing in those classes that, that said, hey, this may not work for you, yeah. because... You know, someone who, because they can't teach feel. Mm -hmm. So there's people, like for me, I basically never can sit down and write a joke. Like, just, no. let me just write a joke. Oh, no. For me, 99% of my best bits come from, I'm just talking in conversation. I'm talking to my wife. I'm talking to my parents, whatever. I have no friends. Uh, just my <laughs> wife and parents. Uh, and, and I'm just, I'll just say like, I'll just be talking and then. Uh, they'll laugh, I'll laugh like, oh, that could be something. And then I'll just kind of think about it, I'll make a note, and then I'll kind of broaden that out into how do I communicate that to a big audience, and then you try it out on stage. Yeah, but yeah. it's totally a feel thing. They can't teach feel, and so to, to preserve their money and, and, and to be able to, you know, cause, because the what they want to tell you is, hey, if you come to this class I can turn you into a comedian. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, they can. Yeah. Like I always say, those classes and those books, 
they can teach just about anyone to have a serviceable five to seven minute set because just about anyone has enough things about themselves and can plug enough things into those diagrams. Yep. Can, that can I do, I think, I think it's important to find, especially the community that works for you. Cause I, I, I did take two classes with two lovely women, Lisa Sunstead and Leslie Wolf, shout out to y'all. Um, and they were more in, like emotional and that worked for me. It was like working off of like what you feel um, your intuition and stuff. And that yeah. worked for me. But I, what you're saying, I'm like, a diagram, sit down and write. Like, I get yeah. ideas in a car when I'm driving. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the car like, I hope they don't arrest me. I'm over here trying to write a joke. Yeah, no, so, right. I totally agree. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's something where it's hard to teach. And, and you have to have that natural talent. Mm -hmm. So, again, I get why they teach it that way. But... I, I it, it frustrates me in terms of there's not enough of that sort of teaching approach that you're talking about. Yeah. And it kind of gives false hope in a certain sense in terms of your, you know, someone takes that class. They maybe do come up with that and they do that, but then they're not really prepared for time. what comes mm -hmm. next and, and building out beyond that five to seven minutes. Now, some of them are. Again, there's a good chunk of people where they can take that teaching, they can take that method, and they can really do that for a long time. Yeah. And, and that can be their career and how they do it. But I just wish there was more of a sense of, there was, there was more of a, here's another pathway that's harder in a certain sense to communicate and, yeah. and that also is honest in terms of like, you may not, this, like, this may not work for you. And I, like, I, on both levels. So like, I wish day one, I had heard, and maybe it's changed. I mean, again, this was a long yeah. time ago, but I wish day one, I had heard someone say, Hey, this thing we're teaching may totally not work for you. Yeah. And if you're writing this way and, and it's not working do whatever. Just do whatever you think is funny yeah. and work it out on stage That's the and best do that. Advice I've, like, even That's I opened up, like, a couple of months into it, I, I got a manager and I opened up for a, a OG comedian. The best, she was like, you can say, she goes, let me tell you a secret. You can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I said, what? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, you can do what, watch. She got up there two hours straight. Yeah everyone laughing for two hours and i was like my god she said whatever she yeah. wanted <laughs> yes. i've never seen i was yeah. like oh you there's an authenticity that people can lock in with yeah and that i think it's good advice it, like yeah exactly and 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 to me if if i were teaching uh one of these classes and again it's hard i, I have yeah. charity for those people because they're they have to make a living they have 30 people in here in a class sometimes it's hard yeah. to kind of yeah you know, yep. but really like the class should be the first six weeks is learn yourself like yes. figure out who you are what's true to yeah. you maybe yeah. it is this book this diagram thing maybe that's mm -hmm. true to you Maybe it's not, and 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 so find who you are, and even Hard. with like the angst and anger, like I mean, <laughs> I no love Lewis Black is is one of my favorite comedians. I love Lewis Black. He writes from a place of anger, and it's hilarious. It's amazing. You, when you go to Lewis Black, you want to hear him. Yeah, want to hear him vent. He has he has a he has a bit that is one of maybe my favorite bit of all time, which is in, from Stark Raving Black, when he talks about having to follow Vince Gill and Amy Grant. Vince Gill's a, you know, 30-time mm -hmm. Grammy-winning 
country singer. You know, he's got a gorgeous voice, yeah. and his wife is a pop singer and gospel singer, and she's like the most famous gospel singer. And they're they're married, and they're in love. They're just like the most just wonderful, gorgeous, like musically. <laughs> and then and, and and so he's just it's he. So the bit it's on YouTube. I think the bit is just him. You know, backstage watching this happen and knowing that he has to, and this is a charity event that he's got to go on after that <laughs> oh and God. just start screaming at these people and be angry. <laughs> and it was just, it's so, and I'm like, so like I go to Lewis Black and the way that he did it was like really out of anger and all that. But, you know, it just, yeah. So, so there, that, there, like, so again, writing out, so for him, yes, if you're Lewis Black, Right out of anger. Find what pisses you off. Right out of anger. But like, if you're if you're you're me or any or, or it could be anything. It could yeah, be a yeah. different lane. It could be just just find who you are. Yeah. What works and and play with that on stage because the most important thing is knowing who you are on stage, knowing how the audience is perceiving yes. you, and knowing how you then can work with that and do that and find, you know, and that, and I've, I, I don't teach classes, but I have been able to help some, you know, some comics who I'm friends with really kind of turn their careers around because, or really get going in comedy because they were getting the wrong advice. They were doing what they thought they were supposed to, to do. Right. And I just was telling them, I, I just started telling them, this is how I perceive you, and this is how I see the audience perceiving you. Start playing with that. Start working with that. I love and that. And it really yeah. changed the game. Oh, so. I love Very that. Very cool. And it's really great insight. I also wanted to talk about uh, your book because as comedians, we have to be comedypreneurs, mm. and you have to have multiple uh, streams of income coming in, right? So yeah. you wrote a book. Tell us about it. <laughs> you asked about that, Jason. What a what a what a great question. Is it just there? What a question. I mean, man, I the just, magic <laughs> of comedy guys, yes, right here. Uh, Lone Star Lance available on Audible and Amazon, or come to a show, get a signed copy, or you can go to my website, email me, I'll send you a signed copy. Let's take a look uh, at that, David. Real oh yes, quick. You can give it a it's a good looking book right oh, there. Thank huh? you, thank you, right Connor McCammon. Beautiful book. Designed yeah, that cover. Lone thank Star you. Lance. And and you know it's funny with that, with that book. Thank you for bringing it up. It'll it connects up with something I've talked about earlier in terms of what what I do comedically. So the book is a novel that it's a it's a kind of mystery yeah. thriller comedy, but it's about kind of a family who it's a it's a husband and wife. He's from San Francisco. She's from Texas. He's a playwright. She's a cop. And he's got to oh. move in with his in-laws in Texas, and they're completely different. And but it's like it's about them kind of coexisting, and and it's a book where it's been out for a few years now, three years. It's been it's sold, it's been really wonderful. It's gotten some great rev you know reviews and yeah. and awards, and 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 it's something where it's the most rewarding thing I've done in my career Amazing. because I've been able to kind of take my comedy ethos, but. You know, and I have a degree in screenwriting, so I finally got to put the, uh, my writing degree <laughs> to use. Uh, but I, but kind of c combine that with with there's you know deeper themes in there, and kind of really yeah. communicate that. Uh, and it's made the sh my comedy shows more rich because uh, both in terms of selling it after the show, yeah. and <laughs> otherwise, yeah, because uh, yeah. because you know when I'm doing these shows and I'm selling that after the show, that book really means a lot to me. So. It also means a lot to make money, so I, I enjoy selling it. But also, right. it's like you know, t-shirts sell really well, things like that sell yeah, when really people well. People like but, you; they want something. Yeah, and they do want home. a souvenir. Yeah, and they. But it's something where it's like, I can. This is an extension of my comedy, but it's also something that, you know, it's a feel-good story. But it has, you know, 
deeper themes and meanings. So it's like, yeah. I can't do that on stage. I'm not, maybe some comedians can, but I'm not, when I'm on stage again, it's, I just try to entertain. So it really has been, it's been really gratifying and uh, and I really it's it's it, I, there's a sequel at some point in the works, uh, but it's also interesting because oh this is something we only have a couple minutes left, right? A couple minutes. It's something I want to say too, in terms of for anyone who's who's you know feeling who's a comedian or any sort of artist who is you know feeling struggling or has some, had some setbacks in their career or whatever. I've had so many setbacks in my career. Mm-hmm. I and. And, you know, I, I was a year into doing comedy and I was getting offers to do pilots for CBS and MTV. All these like things were coming in. And then and then I, I fell apart. My life fell apart. And then as soon as I like got my life back together and I was like, you know, I'm doing comedy now out of love and <laughs> no offers came in. When it was all about my ego and anger, I was like, <laughs> right. nothing but opportunities. Uh, but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, there, there's been near misses like, you know, we came really close to having my own show on a on a the one of the largest streaming networks and there's been like really close calls and things that derailed it that were like crazy out of my control yeah. and just yeah. heartbreaking but you know out of all those things you know if that if that thing hadn't fallen through I never would have written the book and See? the book is I, I whatever happens success wise the book's my favorite thing I've done but also I, if certain things that I really wanted, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I have to have that. If that had happened, I never would have met my wife. I never would have had my kids. My wife and my boys are like, I would, I would give up everything for them. And so it's like, and, and in the end, it's like, that's, what are we doing this for? And what are we in life for? What are we in life for? And and so, yeah. And and so I, it's what, so what I, and what I try to do, sometimes I forget, but I try to do, you know, I have a journal every, every night uh, where I'll write, I'll do like three, th- I'll write down three things that I'm, that I'm grateful for. I do that, that day. in the morning. But what I do is I try to also include bad things that have happened. Oh. So I will say, you know, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a person of faith, so I'll, I will connect it up to, you know, a, a higher, you know, yeah, yeah. power, whatever you want to say. Universe. But yeah, yeah, but I, but, but, uh, you know, I always will write something that's bad too, because I'll, I'll use that moment to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, there's what, what's the, what's the larger thing happening yeah. here? And even I can't yeah. see it. Yeah. It's just a reminder of those setbacks that have happened in the past. And I could be a lot more, I could not be having to do, you know, really rough gigs out in the middle of nowhere and driving 13 hours in a day yeah. and all that stuff. But, but you know, it's the difficult times and, and, and never, the last thing I'll say is I used Never comedy and careers are like the gym. If you're if you're working out at the gym, never look at what the guy next to you or the woman next to you is lifting. Woo! Because if you look at what they're lifting, Wrap it up for that. And you try to yeah. do that, or you feel, oh man, I'm only doing this. Let me try to do what they're doing. You're gonna hurt yourself. True. But if you just go stay and, and do what's yeah, stay do what what every day what what's presented to you, what you feel like is the right thing. Don't you know, as much as possible. I mean, obviously you want to be motivated. You don't want to like be like, well, you know, it's great. You know, <laughs> I got nothing going on and I'm doing great. You, it's like a, it's a balance, but, but definitely, you know, 
the, mind your own business. Who can, the line I'll say is, who can say what is good and what is bad? There yeah. was an old story when uh, my family's life fell apart. I was 10 years old. My dad nearly died. We lost everything. And and we took a drive. And, my, and I was like, you know, I was just, I was angry. I was unhappy. And my dad told some old, you know, story. It's an old, like, folk tale um, about a farmer with yams. But the, the line from it was, who can say what is good and what is bad? Yeah. And that's something I always try to remember is, who can say what is good and what mm -hmm. is bad? Mm -hmm. And and obviously you don't want to be like, oh, you know, everything sucks. And I thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad everything sucks. But yeah, just just always, you know, keep that perspective. And yeah, so that that's kind of and buy Lone Star Lance because the diapers <laughs> are expensive. Uh, you heard it. Lone Star Lance. Yeah. That is the yeah. book to get on Amazon. And on Audible. I did the narration. So if you want me to <laughs> whisper sweet nothings into David your ear. David Sudebaker does it all on Lone <laughs> Star Lance. I love, I love everything that you were saying. Okay, we got our important question we need to ask. Oh yes. Yeah. Take it away. Okay, huh? what is your favorite ice cream? <laughs> that is a fantastic question. I'm a fan of the show. I was ready for this. Uh, I, it is Pineapple Dole Whip from mm. Disneyland. What? And I'll wow, you on, we've heard some interesting ones. And on two levels. Number one, fl flavor. I love pineapple. pineapple. I love tart and sweet. It's And if you're lactose intolerant, there's no dairy in it. it so, so that's number one, just on a flavor standpoint. And I always heard of people talking about it. And I was like, oh, is it? Oh, people say it's overrated. It is not overrated. It's outrageously good. But the other level to it is my son, um, he loves Disneyland. I'm a huge Disneyland guy. I'm a total <laughs> Disneyland, you know, history nerd. And... It is our he. I got him like the cheapest SoCal season pass where you can go like on weekdays nice. a lot. And, and and he it was like a birthday, Christmas, everything I could possibly throw together to get him. But um, it's like our special thing. Every time we go, I he gets the Dole Whip. We just yeah. like we just went the other day. We we got it. We went in the tiki room. He's dancing to the birds and eating the Dole Whip. Yeah. My four year old is is the sweetest four year old. On the Aww. planet, I'm in love with him. He and we're very bonded because during COVID, Aww. he was like a baby during COVID, and my wife was working at the time, and I, the world was shut down. So he, like he and he, like we're very close. So yeah. the double whammy of not only do I love the flavor, but every time I taste it, it's usually with him. And if I'm not with him and I taste it, it reminds me of having fun with him. So Pineapple Dole Whip from Disneyland. It's got to be from Disneyland, by oh. the way. Pineapple Dole, Dole Whip. Whip. Wow. We've I'm heard a lot here. Taste that. We've heard a lot here on the Comedy Road <laughs> no. Podcast. But the Pineapple Dole Whip, I got to tell you. Fancy, too. Might, might, <laughs> might take the cake here. He might. Let's see who can top them. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Like, Thank you. Love everything Thank you were you. saying. I appreciate and, yeah. that. Yeah. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. It was great. David Studebaker, everybody. We had a great time. Thanks for coming today. Thank you. My Woo. pleasure.